everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve! Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty great. Um, got a couple new reviews for Captain Zian in the past week. Uh, both very positive. You know, they okay. noticed some, there's some stuff that they don't like about the movie, but that's okay. You don't have to love everything about the film, uh, so long as you generally enjoyed. And they did, so that makes me happy. As long as you paid. Yes. Give me that. Give me that sweet money. So much money. Uh, and also, Marvel gigs are picking up. You know, I got a Spidey thing uh, this weekend. I got, you know, I'm doing a Marvel Spider-Man Ant-Man gig next, the following weekend. Uh, that'll be in Columbus. So if anyone listening to this uh, lives in Columbus and is also a beautiful lady or man, <laughs> uh, I'm open to anything. Uh, hit me up and we'll you, hang out Spider-Man. at the pool. It's Spider-Man. Spider-Man is single now. Just ask Joe Q. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's cool. And I got another Spidey gig next month, and it's just coming. It's, 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 it's nice. It's nice what I do. That sounds fantastic. It's also the time of year. A lot more baseball games, things where they have, like, it's Marvel Hero Night. Come out and meet your favorite Marvel hero. That's exactly what it is. Kids, yeah, that's exactly. do you like Impossible Man? Do you like Paul Rudd? you like Paul Rudd? <laughs> Do you like Mac and me? Well, come meet Ant-Man. Do you like McDonald's and Coca-Cola? You're set. <laughs> You're set. You're totally set. Um, and I got interviewed by a local newspaper, which finally got published. Yeah, when, when was that interview? I did the interview like a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. Well, you know, expediency in the news. Hey, that's the power of print. Power of print is being very on time. Is, is the newspaper called Kotaku? No. I wish. Haha, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a joke for people. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. Um, this past weekend was Gen Con. Popped up for drove up for a, took a Saturday uh, day trip up there with some friends, who uh, unbeknownst to me decided they were going to play HeroClix all day. Uh, I did not know this, but I was already not planning on playing HeroClix at all. Whiz kids could eat my dick. Uh, okay. That was not part of my plan at all. All I did, I spent all day. I walked. Uh, actually, I want to complain real quick. Um, Gen Con. Get your shit figured out. When I get into go there and I'm going to go pick up my badge, I should not have to wait five times longer than my, my two friends I went with who registered on site. Yeah. They they went up. They, I was I, By the time I got in line, at the, found the end of the line for will call and was in it for a few minutes, they walked, they found me and said, oh, well, we're already done. I'm like, well, why did I buy it? Why did I pay ahead? Yeah. Why do they pay a ticket price that is more than San Diego Comic-Con for a day badge? Which is insane. Yeah, their badges are 65. Jesus Christ. And oh, it's and if you want to mail to you it costs $10 more. It costs $10 to mail badges. So an envelope with some with with some with a, with a plastic badge, $10. Perfect. Whatever. Anyways, that's uh, that's my basic complaint. I, I stood for about thirty minutes just to pick up my badge. I thought that was kind of irritating. Uh, but no, I walked around the, the exhibit hall. I uh, a couple of games I wanted to demo. They were kind of busy, so I just kind of watched. Saw some cool shit. That's uh, cool. I randomly ran to my friend Rob. Shot, uh, shoots out to Rob because uh, he was also there for the week doing. Rob, stuff. cool guy. Rob. Rob is a cool guy. He's my local uh, judge, uh, local phenom. Rob Petru. Shouts out to him. Uh, I ran into him randomly, so I just hung out with him all day. Worked out great. That's, I, that's why I don't really ever plan very much when I go to some cons, because things just happen to work out splendidly. Um, yeah, I, tr- I try not to plan either for cons. Like, unless, like, for Comic-Con, I'll plan for exclusives. Oh, yeah, you gotta do that. 
Uh, but like that's generally it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Uh, fun. I picked up some. Picked up a couple uh, games. There's always people selling uh, just tables full of discontinued card games. So me and him split a six pack of the WWF tr- uh, trading card game Raw Deal. Uh, I got uh, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and Kurt Angle. He got China, Taz, and Rikishi. That's uh, we, we played a match of uh, Taz versus Chris Benoit. I did not get the card that lets me murder my family. Uh, but, oh, that's shit. That's but it was shitty. funny. Um, the game works like the Dragon Ball Z card game does, where your deck is basically your, like, your life total, and you deal damage by discarding cards off the deck. Oh, that's I, cool, because I, I actually like, really like the Dragon Ball Z card game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... <laughs> um, and, like, your mana curve is basically the cards you play. So, basically, everything has a fortitude cost and the damage on them. So, if you play someone at zero, that has damage. And, obviously, start, every, the amount of damage you deal builds up your fortitude. So, the more cards you play, the more fortitude you get. So, you can play more cards. Right. And then, um, then there's, like, counters for the cards called reversals, obviously. And those have different types. Like, I'm going to play a strike card, you can play a reversal strike. Or I'm going to play a submission card, you can play a reversal submi- oh, you know, submission and stuff like that. And it's all wrestling-themed. And they're, like, obviously the powerful cards, like the finishers for each of the wrestlers. And It was actually, we, played, we sat down and played a game. It was actually very fun. I ended up winning. I had, like, five cards left in my deck. He had, like, 20. I got a good combo off on Benoit, and he fucking just ripped his face off. Nice, just like his family. <laughs> Oh, that dementia's a killer. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, seriously, that was a horrible tragedy, guys. No, it was. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a dark... <clears throat> buy! Dark will not buy another wrestling video game until I can choose Chris Benoit. I'm not buying anything until they apologize to Hulk Hogan. Excuse me, guys, but Hulk Hogan said it was very hate-filled and not necessary in this day and age. So maybe we should uh, think think about things sometimes. Um, but anyway, get off that subject. Anyway, Gen Con worked out great. I got some White Castle when I was in Indianapolis, which was fantastic. Uh, good times. Um, besides that, yeah. So otherwise, the rest of the week's been a okay. Watched uh, some films here. Uh, just uh, hanging out, waiting for some more movies to come out. Looking forward to that Man from Uncle, starring Henry Cavill. Fuck early, yeah! Early reports are it's very good, so I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, I saw the trailer without ever hearing anything about the film prior to seeing the trailer before Ant Man, and right as soon as the trailer left, I looked at my fiance and said, "That movie looks like everything I love." Yeah, I knew they were making the movie. I just didn't really know anything about production. And then when I saw the trailer a couple of months back, I was like, oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Watching this. Yep, I'm going to watch the hell out of that movie. Fuck, yeah. And otherwise, not a whole lot else coming out. At least I never can think off the top of my head. So that's uh, that's, uh, that's my movie right now. Uh, Star Wars for some people. Uh, Man from Uncle for me. Get that, get that delicious yep. Henry Cavill going on there. I agree with you, especially that handsome man. That handsome man. Give Steve Rosinski a run for his money. Uh, Woo! So, uh, beyond that, uh, that's that's all. That's kind of what's going on. So I think uh, unless we have any more other formalities, I might be forgetting about. I think it's time we dig in deep and get in on that movie news. Movie news. Movie Step news! right up. Get your movie news. Extra, extra. Hear all about it. Uh, watch it. Learn it. Love it. Live it. Uh, so first off, uh, we talked about before, kind of, uh, Deadpool trailer dropped this week. Uh, officially. Officially, yes. There's no, uh, bullshit cam footage, cell phone, straight up and down, look at me, I'm doing what I'm not supposed to. Teehee! Um, so we got the actual trailers. Uh, I will say, there was a trailer for this trailer. 
Uh, I, I don't give a shit. I, I watched it. I'm like, aha, there is a joke. Whatever. Fuck you, Fox. I don't like trailers for trailers. I don't like trailers me. for trailers, but at least it wasn't like a teaser of the trailer. Like, it was its own joke. Yeah, I appreciate so, I appreciate that. But I just think the whole act, the whole uh, thing of doing it, I just don't like it. Stop it. I agree. Just show me the trailer. I just agree. Say, you could just make a, a tweet saying, hey, the trailer's dropping tomorrow, and that'll create just as much buzz. Exactly the same amount of buzz. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I just don't, yeah, whatever. So the trailers, uh, there was a green band trailer and a red band trailer. If you watch the green band trailer, why? <laughs> why Why did you do that? You big dummy. Uh, but the red band trailer, uh, let's, uh, we can, can talk about that a bit. Steve, you're like my like go-to Deadpool aficionado. What did you think about it? Uh, I think it uh, looks very... It makes me optimistic for the film. <laughs> I mean, I knew going in, Ryan Reynolds is a huge fan, and I don't think he'd agree to do something that was shit. And, you know, one of the reasons why the Deadpool movie fell into nothingness was because Reynolds and the scriptwriters and the attached director at the time were fighting for the script to go through, and Fox didn't like the script because it wasn't horseshit like Fox makes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks to them leaking the one scene that they did and everyone reacting to that, maybe Fox finally went, okay, let's let you do the script, fuckers. I don't care. Just leave us alone. We can make you money. No, please stop. Don't. <laughs> um, but as I uh, was saying to Bill prior to us filming, yeah, filming this podcast. We are filming it. It's going on to digital film, which might as well be the same as video. Audio, video, whatever. I'm looking at something. It's, it's these lines going up and down. That's a video. You're right. Um... It was, it had drama and tragedy and legitimate, like, sadness and depression in the trailer in addition to the jokes, Mm -hmm. because that's what you need with Deadpool. That's what makes Deadpool an interesting character. You know, he is someone that has a horrible, tragic life that goes through a lot of horrible shit in his life, from his cancer to his loved ones dying to him losing his mind and not being able to remember his past completely. Like, he has a really shitty, horrible life, and he seems to use the humor as kind of a shield to all the terrible things that have happened to him and are still happening to him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Deadpool is full of lots of, you know, lulls and jokes and wackiness, but he's also filled with a lot of, like, legitimate hardship and coldness because of what's happened to him. Yeah, that definitely came across, and I do hope, uh, I think I'm with you, I'm not the biggest Deadpool fan, mostly because of, I think I want to say more recent, or what, like, there's a period there where he was super saturating everything, and I just, everything that was with him was not my type of humor, uh, or rather, I, 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 can, I can appreciate it, but it was just too much, um, mm-hmm. and well, from the trailer, I hope, I, I, I remain optimistic, I hope it's, I can, I can stand it, R-rated, raunchy, you know, graphic comedy action film like it's looking to be. I just hope it's not too much. Mm-hmm. A little goes a long way sometimes. Yeah, well, I think with Deadpool, it's a mix of a lot of subtle stuff with also the over-the-top stuff. You need both. Yeah, I just hope um, it's because not too much. With some, when some writers write Deadpool, and by some writers, I mean Daniel Way, mm-hmm. uh, who is terrible, he wrote the last like main series of Deadpool for years and also the video game, and I fucking hated the writing of the video game. I couldn't even finish the video game, and I love Deadpool. Uh-huh. Uh, but when he writes Deadpool, he just makes Deadpool, uh, what's a good way to put this? Everything that's wrong with the internet. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's my, been my general issue, yeah, yeah, right there. Uh, and that's how Daniel Way writes him. Uh, if you go through an Nichidia, uh, I, that's not how you say his last name, Jesus Christ. His first name is Fabian, his last name is Nichia, I think, or something. Okay. Uh, but when you read any of his stuff, if you read any of Joe Kelly's work, uh, the current writing team that's been writing like the 2014 series onwards is starting. Isn't that with, Brian Posehn? 
I think so. Starring that? Okay. I, th- I forget, honestly, and I feel bad about that, because this is one of the better Deadpool series we've had in a while. That's cool. Um, it's over now, because of the big fucking Marvel event, <laughs> of course. But it had some really great drama and some real great horror and tragedy. And also a lot of really funny humor. And that's what Deadpool is. So, based on what I saw from the trailer, it's more like Joe Kelly. It's more like these guys. It's more like Fabian. It's not just... It's not what Daniel Way did. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Yeah. Colossus is there. Uh... And Colossus looks so much better in Deadpool than he did in any of the X-Men movies, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, he looked like Colossus. I think that the Deadpool movies are going to end up being better movies about mutants than the movie franchise that's supposed to be about mutants. Probably. You know, the only, only reason that... Oh, I'm sorry. The only way that that would be better if he was wearing his... Um, I don't know, which... Uh, the joke... What was the team for Giants as X-Men that when they had the re- redesigns? Um, whatever. Anyways, the red costume, the red and yellow. Oh, yeah, the red costume. and yellow. Yeah, if he was yeah. wearing that in that trailer, woo, I would have been... Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> um, the Vapors. Blind Owl was there. Uh, I lost my shit when Blind Owl was in it. I'm so happy Blind Owl's in the movie. And then uh, T.J. Miller's Weasel, I believe. Yes, um, and T.J. Miller's a cool guy. I met him on oh, set before. Absolutely. I, I really... That, I, uh, I, I kind of got a bit much, but I did enjoy the whole talking about Deadpool's face. I thought that was pretty funny. Also, respect to Ryan Reynolds for saying, you know, make me look ugly as fuck. Yes. <laughs> you know, there was no pissing around with uh, post-conversion Deadpool, and mm. I respect that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what else was there? Oh, yeah, I, there was some stuff, I guess, was in the San Diego stuff that wasn't in this. I think, what is it, Megasonic Teen Warhead, or what is it? what's her name? Yes, yeah, that's her name, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't in this, um... Well, she stuff. appeared, but her name wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, right. But there was, like, no uh, dialogue between her, yeah. which I guess is on the San Diego footage. Whatever. So, yeah, uh, look forward to seeing what happens that. I'm actually, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I uh, see that before I see any other Fox mutant film. Yep, I agree completely. Uh, that's going to be better than any of Brian Singer's horseshit. Uh, you, you mean, you mean Power Rangers? Ah! Ah! <laughs> the internet's still making fun of that. I don't know. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe it deserves it. Uh, Singer deserves to get made fun of for his horrible decisions with that franchise. I think franchise. I saw an article where he was defending it, and I'm like, okay. He didn't even, like, defend it. He literally just described the suit, and then that was it. Like, <laughs> That's that's defense, I guess. <laughs> he said something. That means it's A-okay. No, okay, I guess. But really? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Good job, Brian Singer. This <laughs> a good Fuck job. Asshole. Literally. Ah, okay. Uh, so, crisis averted. Uh, we talked about last time that Chan Tatum might be walking off of uh, Gambit. Nope. He is officially signed on for Gambit, which confuses me, because I thought he already was signed on for Gambit, and the problem was that... He was threatening to leave. I, I like this this tagline for this article we got this news from. Can Gambit be the new Wolverine for Fox? Well, that's what they want. I don't believe... What What are they thinking? I don't believe that at all. Who, that's, that's terrible sounding. That's not going to happen at all. The only time Gambit was ever so popular that that was possible was, like, in the mid-90s. Gambit has never been that popular since. The report claims that Fox sees Gambit as a character that will be the centerpiece of the upcoming X-Men film, similar to the role that Hugh Jackman has enjoyed as a fan-favorite Wolverine. Hey, no, that's the problem. No one liked... I mean, maybe general people did, but I didn't like the fact that Wolverine was the center of everything. Yeah, a lot of people complain about that. 
Yeah, so now we're gonna Gambit's gonna be the center of everything, guys. Why? <laughs> Why would you want this? How about how about you make him a team, or just have Scott be at the center of everything? Why'd you have the fucking leader of the X Men be the fucking leader of the X Men, huh? How about that, Fox? How about that? I like Cyclops. I like Cyclops a lot. Uh, no comment. No Scott comments. <sighs> Scott's a dick. Yeah, he is, but I love him. <laughs> Oh, he was not right. Everyone's saying he was right. He was, no, shut up. Shut up, all of you. That's, that's, I don't know. He's, I guess, still a bad guy. I don't know. Comics won't matter anymore because there's going to be a reboot. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Chain Tatum stars Gambit. I don't see how that get, comes out October 7th, 2016. They better start filming on that shit. Got a lot of CG for some. First, you uh, charge the card, then you throw the card. <sighs> Kinetic card. I'm a, here's Channing Tatum's uh, audition for Gambit. First, you uh, light the card, and you throw the card, and then Jonah Hill shows up. Well, uh, what do you do with the card? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's how Jonah Hill sounds. I just... No, it's not. But I like that better. As far as I'm concerned, More that's like Jonah Josh Hill's voice. Gad showed up. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my entire opinion of Channing Tatum in that role is his accent. Can you really imagine Channing Tatum pulling off a Creole accent? He's uh, allegedly been working on it really hard. Like, I okay. hear that he's actually been working on it. What if it turns out to be like Keanu Reeves and Bram Stoker's Dracula? Uh, or, or, sorry, Winona Ryder and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, uh, well then, I think I'm going to love the movie for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Uh, but I, I always give, uh, say, Keanu tried his best, but Winona, oh boy. Oh boy. Get out of here. Fucking psychopath. Get out of here. Breakfast ass bitch. Uh, speaking of harsh language, uh, Hobbit Battle of Five Armies Extended Edition is apparently now rated R. Uh, for those who don't know, um, the Hobbit trilogy is getting re-released in theaters in October, The all the extended editions of the film, and since the Battle of Five Armies on the extended edition has not come out yet... And it's going to be showing at this uh, screenings in October. It had to get re-rated by the MPAA. And now it's uh, rated R. Which I think is interesting. And I'd really... I was not going to... Had no interest in seeing the films ever again. I liked seeing them all in theaters. And I, mm-hmm. the first Hobbit, to me, is actually my favorite of all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Because uh, it, mm. it was a really... I, I didn't like all the CGI. But story-wise and pacing-wise, I thought it was a really just fun adventure film. And, like, that's all it oh, was. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I just don't... I'm favorite no it's fine i'm in a super minority on that and i will never argue my point against someone else no it's totally fine um but yeah i'm really curious to see what is making this film r-rated i assume i assume that that moment at the end of the film when uh king dwarf is looking at the dude in the ice king dwarf says what the fuck are you and then the orc looks up at him and says what the fuck are you and then activates his you know nuke no, he goes. What an ugly mother! And then the the thing. <laughs> then then uh, um, um, fuck um, f- fucking forgetting the guy's name. Shit. Yeah, are you talking Punch about Danny Glover? Or? What, what? No, the pale orc pu- pu- punches the glass, grabs uh, uh, Thorn, and goes, "Motherfucker!" Perfect. And then it's just like Predator too. No, I imagine. I don't <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the ice gun shows up. Yeah, and then uh, I imagine it'd be more like. Oh, no, sorry, more uh, more bloody. I imagine like when Keeley gets uh, impaled, 
I'll just be fucking gore everywhere or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's just more. Maybe there's against... a dwarf. Maybe there's a dwarf elf sex scene. I don't. I don't expect that. I mean, it, it says some violence, unless that's getting getting pretty graphic. I mean, pretty... that's fucking. Uh, you bet that redhead gets violent when she fucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone complained about that added subplot, but you know what? It got me. It got me a redheaded elf. So, two thumbs up. Uh, Jennifer Lilly, that's her name. Sure. If she was on Lost, I can't remember her name all the time. Gorgeous in that film series. <laughs> that's all I care about, and she played it really well. Fair and enough. She was a badass. So yeah, the, yeah. For some violence, I imagine it'd be more humans getting fucking destroyed. But I, I still haven't seen uh, Destination of Smog extended edition. I heard it's really good. Which I expect, I mean, I'm not, not surprised, but I mean, I heard there's apparently some scenes that there were, some people that watched were confused why they were cut from the theatrical version. But. Mm. So yeah, well, October, I might go check those out. I wouldn't mind sitting in a theater forever, watching a movie. Uh, so, hey. What, what's one of your favorite Michael Bay films? Uh, my favorite Michael Bay films, that's going to be Pain and Gain. Uh-huh. Uh, that's going to be, uh, honestly, and again, minority, but Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, although uh-huh. Age of Extinction is a better film. Yes. Uh, and then, obviously, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you what gonna you do gonna when do? we make two more movies with possibly a different cast? Yeah, that's where I was gonna go, but <laughs> I, I just let you go there. I should have just kind of mouth shut like a little bitch. Um, so Sony put dates for Bad Boys 3 and Bad Boys 4. Which is awesome! It's great, but they, apparently they do not have Martin Lawrence or Will Smith or Michael Bay locked down for these movies. I hope they do get them, because I'd, I'd prefer that. If they get them, then, you know, super pumped. Like, seriously, I'm not even kidding. Bad Boys 1 and 2 are fantastic action movies. They're nearly perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Michael, if they get, you know, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and Michael Bay back for 3 and 4, I will be there fucking opening night. Guaranteed. If they don't, uh... Why? Like the transporter, where it's like, why? Why is this dude here, not Jason Statham? Why? Why is this the thing? Oh, from this, from this uh, Sony release as well. I didn't realize. Uh, see, um, now we have uh, Ghostbusters coming out July of 2016, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, Underworld <laughs> Five. I didn't know this. Apparently, Underworld Five is coming out uh, October 21st next year. But I didn't realize it's also known as Underworld Next Generation. Oh, okay. So we'll have uh, Patrick Stewart in it. Well, I was I was gonna go for more of a Texas Chainsaw next mm-hmm. to the, the Next Generation. Oh, no, that's that's a good one too. So in this this film won't come out next year. It'll sit on a shelf for five years, and then then Kate Beckinsale will try to sue the company for, to not release it. Yes. Oh, and, or or the, or it'll have um, Matthew McConaughey in it with a robotic leg. Who we who we liken? Like in a robotic leg, and he'll yeah, it'll be awesome. It'll be great. So that's kind of I didn't realize that. And then apparently, apparently with this bad with this bad boy releases, apparently they also um, said that on um, sorry January 13, twenty seventeen, the Dark Tower, the first film in that series that everyone's been hotly anticipating, will finally be dropping. Followed by Resident Evil Six, aka Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. I love how every well. I guess a pseudo horror film with Resident Evil has to have the final chapter at some point. Of course, uh, and that's coming. That comes out on January twenty seventh. I I want to say right now, 
Sony has so little faith in a Resident Evil film that instead of pretending it's coming out October and then pushing it to January, it's just automatically getting released in January. <laughs> in January. Fuck you, it's January. Um, I have never seen any of those films past the second one. Uh, this yeah, same. I didn't. I never saw. I did not see any of them past this past two. It was just so detached from the games that I had no interest. And I don't mean in the sense that, like, oh, they did something different, fuck that. Like, no, I applaud them doing something different, but it's so different that I don't understand how it's Resident Evil anymore. No, no way. I totally agree. Um, I watched uh, my favorite online reviewers, Phelan. Phelus, uh, he reviewed the Resident Evil films. They're hilarious. Apparently, I think the fourth one is when Wesker shows up, and he is ridiculous. Like, the actor playing them is hamming it up, like, nope, tomorrow. And it just gets so fucking silly. So that's I I didn't I, I I figured they're making more Resident Evil films, but I, I guess the the final chapter is coming out twenty seventeen January twenty seventh. So yeah, that's that's cool. I guess <laughs> that's neat. So I'm sure they make a lot of money. I know I'm gonna be surprised. Probably. Uh, so some big news dropped today that I'm really excited about. Apparently, so for everyone who knows, uh, there's a notorious film that's never been released by Jerry Lewis called The Day the Clown Cried, where he plays a clown who has to basically guide children into gas chambers at a concentration camp in yes. Nazi Germany. Um, that, well, I can't remember who, so some people have seen it, and it was not very favorably handled, apparently. <laughs> Uh, so he has never released it, never done anything. There's some been some behind the scenes stuff that's popped up, but the film itself has been notorious and just never seen light of day. That was until today. Apparently, he donated a ton ton of films to the Library of Congress, and including in this included in this was the day the clown cried. Fuck yes. So with this, there's an embargo on it. So in ten years, we can finally see the day the clown cried. Yes. For some reason, he made a 10-year screening embargo. I don't know if he thinks he'll be dead by the time that, that comes. I'm thinking that's what it is. Well, if that's the case, he could have just said, hey, just, you know. Well, it's better. I guess, this way it's better, because originally, apparently, it was, it, he was so dead set, no one ever seeing it, that when he died, it was in his will that the like last print copy, like, only print copy he has be burned. Mm-hmm. But apparently, so, like, I'm glad he's, I'm glad he, the, the, I mean, I, whatever the people think of the film, I think the film should be seen, at least. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't know, he worked hard on it. He thought he thought it was gonna be the film that gave the Oscar, all this stuff. So ten years from now, I look forward to checking that out. Uh, and you can download our podcast episode for only five ninety nine to listen to our thoughts. Yes, because this will be after twenty twenty. Yes, twenty twenty five. Yeah. So five ninety nine, you can hear the historic day that we made the announcement on the podcast that day the clown cry is coming. You know what? Uh, Type in the code clown cry to get the episode for fifty percent off. Steve, you fucked up. The, no, the, they can only the hear code it in this episode. It's going to be number one birthday boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it the pound sign or is it like the spell out the word number? Uh, pound sign. Okay, cool. Just so that our our fans know. And when you type it in, you have to go. You're my number one, and then type out birthday boy if you don't if you have to speak it out loud like that if you don't it doesn't count well, by then we'll have like voice activation and then i'll say and alfred will come up and say welcome to the back cave <laughs> perfect perfect so yeah 10 years from now look forward to checking that out 
Uh, we got some cool stuff involving Shrek. Uh, no, 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 no. Calm yourselves. There's no more Shrek movies coming. But what did finally get see the light of day is some apparently some demo footage of um, uh, Eddie Murphy and uh, Chris Farley doing stuff, doing a basic dialogue for the film. Because apparently, during the production, apparently Chris Farley had recorded. Uh, I think the estimates go about ninety percent of the dialogue for the film before he died. Mm-hmm. So obviously they had to redo all the film with Mike Myers. But, so, there's some stuff that's shown up that is, does have his dialogue in it. And I, I have to say, just off, based off that, and based off, like, general ideas of how they were going to design Shrek in the films, I am more saddened now that uh, Chris Farley died and couldn't finish the project. Because mm-hmm. I, I think his version of Shrek I would have liked a lot more. Because I, I do not like Shrek very much. Uh, like I said, uh, the first movie's fine. Uh, I like it a lot. The stage show is way better than the fucking movie. Like, by a long shot. Uh, it's more of, like, an actual parody of the sort of Disney film thing. Mm-hmm. And it works better. And also the music adds a lot. Uh, and the second one made me laugh, but that was it. And then the third or fourth ones are just fucking god-awful. And it, a big part of that is I hate Michael Myers' voice for Shrek. Yeah. I, know, I, mean, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, in general, anymore, I don't really care for Michael Myers, so... Yeah. I should say Mike Myers, some might say. I don't care about Michael Myers either. Fuck Halloween, but... <laughs> um, but no, like, the, watching the footage, great. I I think there's definitely a lot going on there, and I think we both agreed Eddie Murphy is a really good voice actor. Mm-hmm. Which I I, mean, I've, I think that's true, though. The film's just generally the, as they are anyways, but... So yeah, check that out if you guys haven't seen it. It's pretty pretty great. And it's like it's all like, oh, man. Chris Farley, I miss you. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so well-acted, too. For sure, so... Check that out. And then, uh, last bit of news for today. Steve, you wanna... This is, again, in your wheelhouse. You wanna drop this... Drop these beats? Nine, ten. They're trying it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're re- rebooting Nightmare on Elm Street again, and you know what? I'm fine with that, because goddamn, I still hate the last Nightmare on Elm Street reboot attempt. With all of my being, all of my hatred, oh, so much, I despise that no other movie in existence makes me more angry than that film. So, the fact that they're rebooting again, other people are like, oh, why are they rebooting? Like, fucking, they're not gonna let the franchise die, and I'd rather them reboot it than trying to make a fucking sequel to that piece of horseshit. Well, what if they made a sequel, but they kept Jackie or Haley, but they made everything better? I feel... Or, or, or they made it like a remake of uh, Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, where it just becomes a super gay movie. Oh, uh, if they did that one, uh, two thumbs up. Ooh, they could... Okay, so they could jump on the current... I don't want to say trend, I don't want to try to be transphobic, but they could jump. They could make a film where it's like a woman is, is, is wants to transition to a man, and then Freddy's taking over her, and it can be like this whole like trans identity issue film, similar to how Freddy's Revenge is kind of like a gay identity film. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Boom. I just wrote the movie. Take it from there, new line. Um, so yeah, the the only information we have is that the guy who wrote Orphan is writing this movie. I didn't see Orphan. Neither did I. I heard it's pretty good. Uh, I just hope that he understands what Nightmare on Elm Street is better than the fucking team that made the last movie. And I especially feel really bad for Jackie Earl Haley, who could have really dominated that role. Yeah. Uh, But it was in a terrible film with a terrible script and terrible characters and terrible directing and terrible CGI, and it was just generic and boring and stupid. So I hope this movie isn't that, and also I hope it's not just another remake of the first movie. 
like re open. like reboot it, but like pick it up and like timeline wise, like by the third film or something. Like you can start the ground running. Everyone knows who Freddy is. You know, by the time it comes out, what the uh, Nightmare on Street did that come out in twenty ten? Yes. Okay. By the time this film comes out, it'll be been like seven years yeah. probably. So I I think they just go for it and just make a new make a new film, make a new franchise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm really sad they haven't made another fucking uh, Friday Thirteenth film. I thought that reboot actually had solid groundwork, and they could have really got, done something with it. Yeah, so I, I I'm think surprised so too. They haven't done anything there. I mean, it, it well, has I, these properties they're doing nothing with. I spoke to Derek Mears, who played Jason Voorhees in the Friday Thirteenth reboot, and he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept on talking about how he's still in slight talks with the studio who are working on, you know, the studio as they're working on this new Friday the 13th movie, which is like kind of a semi-sequel, semi-reboot type deal where they don't know what the fuck it is. It's just another oh, Friday Oh, that's th- right. Wait, I, I, I forgot all about it. Yeah, there's one coming out next year, isn't there? Yes. Um, I heard her. We talked about that before. I just forgot all about it. Uh, but, like, he's saying that they are in talks with using him again, which I think would be great. Yeah, he has a good size for, for He's Jason. a great size, and he's a, he was a good human Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's clearly a very strong difference in how you play the character. Like, everyone talks about Kane Hodder, but I feel like you can't compare Kane Hodder to the guys who play Jason in 2, 3, and 4, and Derek Mears. Because yeah. human Jason is not zombie Jason. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he played a great human Jason. I think he might be my favorite human Jason, except the one from Part 3, I think, still takes the cake. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So, I love Part 3, so whatever. So much. <laughs> So, yeah, the, well, I guess we'll just continue to wait and see. Um... Yeah, just wait and see. I will, uh, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up, because that's what happened with the last Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And yeah. my my hopes were only up because the Friday the 13th reboot was so good. Yeah. And then I saw Nightmare on Elm Street dressed as Freddy, and just after the fucking movie was over, I was walking out, taking off the hat and glove and sweater and shame. <laughs> <laughs> What'd they fucking do? <laughs> what movie? What well, did they hey, do? Steve, Steve, would you say the film was a nightmare? Yeah. Yes, it was. It was a fucking nightmare. Sleep paralysis. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Micronaps. Fuck it! We're gonna do an episode about that movie later. But what? My, my... Yes, we're gonna watch the movie and drink and swear. Oh, watch uh, Friday 13th. I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put that on the calendar and mark it down now. All down. Uh, so drop this bullshit. Drop that fucking crap. We're moving on to the main topic of discussion. We talked about before. We're going back into the vaults, digging up a topic, jumping in there again like we do from time to time. We still watch stuff on television. What happens when studios want to take that show and put it on the big fucking screen? Last time, you know, we talked about Dragnet, the Adams Family. Well, because of the Adams Family... Adams Family... Oh, fuck. Words. <laughs> After the Adams Family's uh, huge success in 1991, came in the 90s a whole slew of new um, films that were based off television shows. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about today is the uh, Beverly Hillbillies from 1993, uh, directed by by Penelope Spheris. I think I'm spelling her, uh, spelling, pronouncing her name right. Uh, a feature adaptation of the classic TV show when nice guy redneck Jed Clampett strikes it rich when he finds black oil and he moves... He- black oil? What other kind <laughs> of oil is there? I think they meant to say black gold. Finds or- black oil and moves he and his kid <laughs> to posh Beverly Hills. Well, at least he didn't find the red oil. He would have died. <laughs> 
So Beverly Hills. Well, first yeah. I want to say Beverly I'm Hills. glad I'm glad that we are reviewing this film because we went far too long without talking about Jim Varney. It's true. We have to, <laughs> we have to toss in some Jim Varney for now and on. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the Jim Varney. Uh, actually, oddly enough, in this film, he is very low in the billing <laughs> on the opening credits. Yep. I think that they were saving him. It, I, you know, I thought about it, Rachel. You know, when we were watching, I was thinking it. She brought it up. It's like. You know, I think it's purely because even in 93, Jim Varney might not be that big of a name. No, he wasn't. Like, I remember, uh, it was an interview, I forget what producer it was, but it was talking about Jim Varney, like, after he had passed away. I remember watching it. And mm-hmm. the producer talked about how he kind of fought an uphill battle to get Jim Varney to be uh, Jed. Um, and then Fox finally gave in and agreed, and he was just so happy. And I'm glad because Jim Varney knocks the shit out of the park, but we'll talk oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah, he's, he's perfect for it, sure. Uh, so, um, the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, we can just jump right in, I suppose. I think the, I think the, the, the general synopsis, though, does leave off the kind of the main plot of the film is that because he gets so rich, uh, there, uh, Rob Schneider's character at the, at the, uh, Belvedere, uh, Belvedere's? Damn, I hate when I forget. <laughs> Drysdale, Drysdale's. The bank that the, 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 the Drysdale. Yes. Um, He's gonna. He's a, he, him and his wife uh, Leah Thompson, who is smoking hot in this film. Smoking uh, hot. Uh, they're gonna. They have a scheme to have her, you know, woo uh, Jed and then marry him and then take all their money. And that's kind of the general plot of the film. Yeah. Other than that, other other than the uh, normal stuff you'd expect of one of these shows, where it's like, hey, here's these characters that aren't used to this stuff in Beverly Hills and goofy stuff happens and here's uh i'm just gonna say this right now i think the biggest strength that this movie has is that uh it takes these characters that are and it's this fish out of water plot line but except for jethro they aren't retarded like yeah. like jed is a hillbilly that doesn't understand technology but when like someone talks about how they put his name into the computer it wasn't a what's a computer it's what's they put my name into a computer to find me wife what are they gonna think of next like he gets it yeah, like, very, yeah, very hum- I, uh, humble, um, simple, but not simple-minded. Exactly, and that's what I think works so well for this film. Like, they they are fishes out of water, but they understand what the world is around them to a degree. Absolutely. And, and there are some fish-out-of-water jokes, like the middle finger, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and again, Jethro is literally retarded. Well, let's just jump into our, our positives. Um, I would say Diedrich Bader is my favorite part of this movie. Yes. Him as Jethro, which he's kind of the star of the movie. It's it's a lot of Jethro. Yeah, there's a lot of which, Jethro. Which honestly, I'm fine with. Yep. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's Diedrich Bader, <laughs> and he's so good. He's so good at this like that like this dumb like obviously he means well. He he, he graduated graduated the second grade. Only took him four times, to- uh, three times. He holds up four fingers. Yep. Um, and just everything involving him, I I love the first intro for him because. Uh, Ellie May says he went to Oxford, and it's like, nope, Oxford's a town. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, wait, did you put the new brakes on? Yeah, they're coming in next week. Coming in next week. <laughs> uh, no, it's great. Uh, one big uh, strength of this film, also, I and I liked it a lot, is because I feel I was expecting, and I've seen this film once years ago, so I forgot almost everything about the film. Yeah, I, you know, any other movie I feel during this era would have made, you know, Milburn Drysdale the CEO of the bank, the villain. Yes. They would have made him, like, this piece of shit that just wants to reinvest all of Jed's money into shitty things so that he gets the profits. 
And no, he's just a fucking, he's a bank CEO that really wants his money in his bank and will kiss his ass just so that his money stays in the bank. Like, there's yeah. there's nothing negative. <laughs> yeah, well, from my memory, well, I've seen some of the original series, the original show. It's based off of, and even that show, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't the villain. He was no, the absolutely. bank CEO who desperately wants Jed to keep his money in his bank. Yes. Um, I, f- I feel that the, uh, one of the best characters in the film is Miss J- Jane Hathaway. Played play, play brilliantly Tomlin, yes. by Lily Tomlin. Yes. Uh, she was fantastic in the entire film. Yeah, she was. Could not get enough of her. It was such a great character. And I liked that she had a thing for Jethro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, it's definitely implied they end up together, so. Yeah. Um, you know, I like uh, the relationship between um, Drysdale's son and. Fuck. Ah. Uh, Ellie Mae, thank you. Ellie yeah, played by Erica Leniak, who is also in Baywatch. Yes, and she was great in this film. No, she was. She was hot as hell, super hot, and played a just a great character. Um, I liked their relationship. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, I even liked Rob Schneider in the movie. Yeah, there's a couple moments where I'm like, God damn it! I, I, there's always times I forget how much I don't like Rob Schneider. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and then he pops up in something, I'm like, oh yeah, f- f- fuck you, Rob Schneider. <laughs> you piece of shit. Piece of fuck. Uh, but it did give me, it gave me the joke of Rob Schneider temporarily having phone sex with his boss, which was yeah. one of my favorite gags of the film. My hand is on your butt, now I'm squeezing it. <laughs> Tyler, stop squeezing my butt. Get your hand on my butt! <laughs> uh, yeah, da- da- Dabney Coleman as, uh, as uh, Drysdale is so fucking good. This. So fucking good. There's all those moments right, where, um... Uh, Jethro's like, can I be president? And he has to pause. <laughs> and he's just looking around the room. Uh, uh, uh. V- Vice president? Sure, we can always use another great guy. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> sure, anything. Oh, is that your car, Mr. Drysdale? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Can I drive? Oh, you want to drive my $180,000 Rolls Royce? Sure. <laughs> It'll yeah, be yeah. fun. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, there's just so many... Like, when it comes to the positives, there's so much that this movie does right uh, that yeah, it's hard for me to list it all. They're, like, almost all of the jokes work. The pacing is great. The plot makes sense. It's it's just an updated version of the show. Like, they didn't try to do something new and different with it. It's an updated version of the show. It's everything that worked with the show except today. Uh, Jim Varney, a big positive. Again, he was perfect for the role. Um, he... He does that again. Simple, humble man, but not simple-minded. He's he's wise for not understanding this world. Um, it really comes out the most in the scene when he is talking to LMA about uh, her mother. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a really beautifully acted scene on Varney's yeah, part. Yeah, really, really touching. Certainly, he's just talking about you know I did. I just had to raise the best in no house. I yeah, raised her like a boy and all this stuff and. All those things. It was, um, it was a great scene. Yeah. So just general bits I wrote down. I loved. I love. And my favorite thing that made me laugh as a kid makes me laugh now is when they uh, tie Granny into her rocking chair, put on the car, and they start driving off. And they're like, uh, watch your head, and she just gets fucking smashed in the face. Up until that point, punch. I didn't like laugh that hard at anything. Like there was just a couple chuckles. When that happened, I lost my shit. I was not expecting that kind of a joke. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, so- <laughs> When they get to Beverly Hills, they get to their house and stuff, and Miss Hathaway d- thinks they're, you know, intruders, like robbers, so they arrest them. My favorite, one of my fa- other favorite jokes is in the lineup, 
with them at, at the prison at the jailhouse uh, or whatever. Fucking Beverly Hills is that uh, uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor? Zsa Zsa Gabor? I love Zsa Zsa making cameos. I, thought, I, I know she's there just as like, ha, it's Zsa Zsa. It's referenced at the time and she assaulted the police officer. But I, I in my own head canon, I replaced it with that being like a Green Acres uh, cameo. <laughs> that's a good. Uh, that's a good one. Um, so what else do we got here? Uh, I, oh yeah, yeah. I wrote. I definitely wrote down that Leah Thompson at many points in this film is woo, <laughs> woo, too hot, too hot, too hot to touch, too hot. Uh, oh yeah, the, the the high school bits with uh, Drysdale's kid and Ellie May, the rich bullies. Yes. <laughs> oh, give us your lunch money. I only have four hundred dollars in travelers <laughs> checks. <laughs> I could wire you them. I like, yeah, that, like obviously the film's a comedy, but I love how it's just making fun of, like, this extreme example of, like, rich decadence at Beverly Hills, even at the high school. Like, there's espresso machines in the hallway. Yeah, like, yeah, like the lunchroom of the, that high school is insane. Yeah, or when Ellie Mae's wrestling the, the guy, and everyone's like, people are getting faxes. Faxes in their cars! It's just so ridiculous. Oh, you're just saying things, and I'm just loving it all over again. This movie's so yeah. good. Like,. Um, there's some, I also gotta go off of my notes here, some other bits I like. I like when, um, Leah Thompson obviously is trying to pretend she's a, like, a French governess, trying to, you know, fool them into thinking that she's gonna refine Ellie Mae and all this stuff, and then she's like, it's hard for a woman to find happiness, but she, the way she keeps saying it, it keeps sounding like she's saying penis. Yes. And Jed's like, oh, what? <laughs> and obviously the, the, uh, the stud farm bit. With a woman, uh, Jethro thinks he overhears a candidate to be Jed's wife. Oh, great! And said she just wants to have a partner for a, a farm for horses. Yes, and there's a whole misunderstanding. misunderstanding Keeps talking about breeding. Yeah, talking about breeding. <laughs> you know, I have to take on multiple partners if you're okay with that. Well, I don't know if I'd be comfortable <laughs> with that. Uh, I really enjoyed Jane Hathaway being stuck in the wall. And oh saying. god, that bit! I'm stuck. And she, goes, yeah. Instead of saying, "Hey, I'm I'm stuck behind the gate," it's like I'm inside the wall. Well, hold on, Miss Hathaway. <laughs> I love the moment where he smashes it through. He looks in there, but then it's like that realization he fucked up. He's like, <laughs> like even I realized I made a mistake. Yes. <laughs> um, um, I lost my shit when Barnaby Jones showed up. Yes. Lost my shit. He's just talking about there's this detective. He's really good at what he does, and I'm not expecting a cameo. And all of a sudden, fucking Barbie Jones spins around, and I'm just like, holy shit, it's Barbie Jones! I had no idea he was in the movie! And then I had to spend, like, 15 minutes explaining to my fiancé who Barbie Jones was. I know who he is, but what 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 was he, what's the reference? It's, it's from the TV show, Barnaby Jones. It was on about the same time, you know, Beverly Hillbillies okay. was. Okay, yeah. thanks. Because I, I recognize the name, but I just wasn't, like... 100% up on... Yeah, Barnaby Jones is a name that gets thrown around as jokes, referring to, like, old men, old men cops, stuff like that. But, yeah, he was a legit, like, detective show back in, you know, I forget the 60s or the 70s exactly, but... Okay, right on, right on. Yeah, okay. but so that was awesome. It was just a weird, random cameo that didn't have to be there, and I loved it. Just... Similar to Zsa Zsa Gabor. Yes. Green Acres, Barnaby Jones, it's a shared universe. Exactly. Well, another shared universe moment when we get to the next film here in a minute. Yes. Uh, I did like, this is probably my only time in my life I've actually approved of a Subway product placement in a, in a movie. That was the best Subway. Uh, that and the Coneheads Subway was okay. Okay, that, uh, you know, that's fair enough. <laughs> it's funny enough, because those are two, like, two different studios. Fox did a Subway one, and Paramount did, another, did a Subway one. Subway was really pushing themselves at the time. Well, yeah, because off, well, and they, yeah, and Happy, all the Happy Madison films, like Happy Gilmore, that had a lot of Subway stuff in it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> nowadays they do, like, Hawaii Five-0, hey, man. 
if you get uh, two $5 footlongs, man, well, good deal. Jesus Christ. Watch that segment. It is a bona fide commercial. It's yes, not it even is. trying to be like a joke, like, oh, you got some Subway? And it's like five minutes of, yeah, you get the Tuscan chicken. $5, bro. Yeah, that was, it's literally the worst thing. But this Subway yeah, product placement was awesome. Yeah, it's like, you mean if I call you, anytime you'll deliver me a sandwich? <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> It's the joke of Jethro ordering this gigantic sandwich. And then I love when uh, Miss Hathaway says she has to get a new car, so I thought I'd just build one out of my truck. Yep. He takes that, like, beater and puts, like, monster truck tires on it. Huge monster truck tires. And it works. It's a lead-up to another joke. There's a lot of payoffs in this film as well. Absolutely. Uh, Schneider's shitty little 90s computer. He's pushed Enron, <laughs> but he has to decide to monologue and get the, the computer gets shot. Yes, of course. Stuff. Granny's pretty fun for what she, for what she does in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, think we, I, I don't know what else uh, other bases I could really hit. Uh, negatives? Uh, eh. Negatives? Uh, the monkey was weird, and I think that was just an era of the 90s need a monkey in the film for some reason. That's 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 fair. Because uh, it added nothing to the film. I didn't hate the monkey, but it, I felt it just had no point. Yeah, it was a, it was a small bit, but it was, yeah, yeah, could, could be cut. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, like, I think it's solid. Uh, which would brings me to my point where oh yeah, there was that there was that weird Bill Clinton reference just because Bill Clinton was president the at the 90s. time and was from Arkansas. And, yeah, again, it. that's not a negative. It was just weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do want to say uh, real quick. Um, while we love the film, uh, Roger Ebert said that uh, Beverly Hills is was one of the worst or, of this or any year, which is too bad because I liked it a lot. Yeah, I don't know where he's coming on. Like I watched him like. This is, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to look at all the films that came out in 1993, but for Roger Ebert to say that the Beverly Hillbillies was the worst film he saw that year, I'm highly uh, disappointed and confused. Yeah, especially because like he loved Wayne's World, which is the yeah, same that, director. Yes. Uh, exactly, that's why he's disappointed because he thought that Penelope Spheris would be good for this, and he's like, man, what'd you do? Uh, and I feel that she also hit this out of the park, so I don't know. Agreed. I don't know. Uh. Yeah, I, I thought it's. I think it's a great film. It is a fantastic uh, modernization of the TV show. It does what the Adams Family does. It takes the same concept except puts it in modern day. It's true. It, and these characters are not just just as much not out of place in this universe as the Adams Family yeah, were. Yeah, they universe. they are not parodies. You know, they aren't being played as a joke. It's this. The only joke that's being played on this family is the same joke of the original series, which is fish out of water, hillbillies in Beverly Hills, cement ponds. Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so I guess we can uh, jump right into our star ratings. Uh, Steve, what do you think about the Beverly Hillbillies? Four and a half out of five. Four and a half out of five. Woo, that's, that's some hot stuff. Um, I, I think it goes at a four for me. I think that's I would, fair. I, I would prefer there was more Jim Varney. Oh, yes, of course. That's my only complaint. Like I love as all the De- all the Diedrich uh, Diedrich uh, Bader stuff. I get. I love the Jethro stuff. All that stuff's great. I love it. I just wish there was a bit more Jim Varney, a bit more Jed. Oh, and Diedrich Bader as his sister, fantastic. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, that's a really good bit. If you don't, especially if you don't see it coming. Yep. <laughs> really funny. Uh, I always cry at weddings. Um, so that yeah, that that's wrong. So yeah, four stars for me. Four stars for me. So I uh, we I think both of us definitely he- heavy recommendation. If you have uh, Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. So definitely check it out. Oh, uh, one thing that I do want to mention that I really liked the ending of the film because it wasn't like a huge gigantic conclusion ending with everything. Like mm-hmm. they stopped the wedding, but like um, Jed doesn't get a wife, but that's okay. Let's party. Um, 
the CEO's son just kind of asks Ellie Mae out on a date, kind of, and she says yes, but, like, they don't kiss and make out and stuff. Like, it's... She's gonna fuck his brains out later. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's gonna be the best sex in his life. Forever. Forever. Uh, so, yeah, I just kind of appreciated that ending, because I feel like, uh, especially uh, with modern films, and a lot of films in general, like, they need to super answer everything and, like, super conclude the film. No, it felt like a conclusion to a tele- television show. Exactly, and I like that a lot. That's all. There you go. Solve the problem. Here's the outro. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, moving from there, obviously, uh, it wasn't a huge success. It made about close to $60 million on its $25 million budget. It was fine. But throughout the 90s, everything just kept rolling right along with TV adaptations. Obviously, during this period, we had The Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2, Coneheads, everything, all the Saturday Night Live adaptations. Uh, one that did drop in 1995 was the Brady Bunch movie. Yes. Uh, the original 70s TV family is now placed in the 90s, where they're even more square and out of place than ever. Fuck you, IMDb. <laughs> uh, so the Brady Bunch movie. Very um, different kind of TV-based movie. Absolutely. I. This is a case of the, the comedy coming from the fact where they literally picked up this television show from the 70s, Dropped it in the '90s, and this—I think the, the humor comes from, it's kind of, not so much fish out of water, but out of man, date. These people are just weird because they're acting like they're people from the '70s. They're just in the '90s, where it's super cynical and super just uh, grungy, yeah. for lack of a better descriptor. Yeah, it's, it's the '90s. Yeah, grunge, grunge music. Yeah, so you have these people with like super cheery, sunny, happy, fun times. In 95 LA with people who just, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, so let's get into the film. For sure. <laughs> um, it, it's, again, it run, operates on the same center of Beverly Hillbillies where it's like an episode of the show. Basically, um, Michael McKean plays the Brady's neighbor. Love plays, Michael McKean! <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, for this, uh, so he plays their neighbor, apparently has a land deal coming in where every, he, he's gonna make money and everyone else in the blocks make money because some developers going to buy all the land for everyone on the street apparently hey, but, uh, hey guys hold out. spoilers Michael McCain plays a slime ball businessman <laughs> yeah true Works really well for him. hey so, but in uh, short circuit 2 he was a slime ball businessman with a heart of gold which I thought he did better than any of his just straight slime ball roles it's true well that he has a redemption in the film no way there's absolutely no redemption um so he uh wants to get everyone everyone on the block signs on for this development deal Except for the Bradys. Of course. But by then it is found out, because apparently their mail gets lost a lot, that they owe $20,000 in back taxes. So the kind of the uh, crisis is the fact that, hey, they might lose their house. And of course, Michael McKean's character finds out about this and all this stuff. So the film's general thing is, again, I could see as a, you know an episode of the series where it's like, oh, we have to find out how to save the house. And that's the general gist of the film. The rest of the stuff comes from either... Um, Greg trying to, uh, right, um, not Greg. Yeah, Greg. Greg trying to find a date, uh, or trying to hook up with somebody. Marsha getting ready for the dance. Jan suffering Jan problems. <laughs> uh, Mike trying to save the house by getting one of his designs picked up at his, uh, design, as his, at his architectural firm or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff. Uh, so that's, that's the general synopsis of the film. And then obviously the stuff just happens throughout the film that causes janky funny stuff. So let's just get into it. Uh, the Brady Bunch movie. Uh, Steve, um, you want to just... Uh, what do you think of the film? You want to get some positives? Uh, I will say that overall I did not feel this film. Uh, I did not like it that much. I understood what they were going for. 
Um, but I was not a big fan. That being said, let's get into the positives because this film definitely has plenty of positives. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think I think I'll say it right off the bat. I think it depends on what you're looking for. Yes, because obviously, obviously, it's a comedy, so comedies can be subjective. Yes, and it just depends on what kind of thing you're going. Because I think the fil- the film is definitely very dry, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of it. So a lot of it's small stuff too. Like I think the first bit of the film that gets me so bad is when they're in the kitchen at the beginning and and uh, um. So, um, Alice? Carol, K- oh. Carol played Beauty Tooth by Shelley oh, yeah, Long. Yeah. Is this like dumping sugar into her coffee? Cup so for much 30, for like thirty seconds for <laughs> all this conversation. It's like all these little small bits. Yeah, that those very TV. Those small bits work one thousand percent. They got me every time. The small bits. Um, yeah, and I, love, I enjoyed Alice just talking about how horrible her life is. And there <laughs> should be a laugh track, but since there, it's a movie, there's not, and that makes it way better. Absolutely. Um, I the film's also. Full, I think this it starts at the beginning and also throughout the entire film. Uh, it's, there's a lot of racy innuendos. Yes. That obviously on the on the Brady's are perfectly fine because they they're very they take them very um, straight straight they're straight they're they're, they're the straight man in the joke. Mm-hmm. So it's like although there's that uh, one moment it. when Alice is walking out of the room in bondage gear and then just disappears back in the background. And then, yeah. like, 20 minutes later, Chuck the Meat Guy comes out to, to establish that, no, Alice and him have been fucking this whole time. What are you, what are you doing here? Uh, Deliverance of Meat. Deliverance of Meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that I think is really, really, really well done in the film is how the film is shot when we're on the Brady's property. Yes! It yes, looks straight absolutely. 70s Technicolor. The, the colors are so bright, but yet also kind of faded. Mm-hmm. Like it were, it's so gorgeous. Like I, I was blown. Away. I kept on talking about how good the movie looked, as opposed to how much I was enjoying the film. But visually, yeah, they knocked um, that out of the park. Yeah, everything inside the house, everything in the backyard, everything on the Brady verse, like in their own universe, when you get, to their, get inside there, everything is looks like the television show. But then it's like it's it's completely like shown perfectly when um ah uh, shit, I'm trying to remember all the kids' names. Uh, Cindy, Cindy, like walks over to the neighbors. To get their mail, it's like immediately oh, go through the fence into the grid into the crunchy real world. world. Yes, <laughs> it works so well. Even the, their grass is astroturf, like the '70s show. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it, it, that stuff works really well. And like I said, I wasn't a fan, but there's so much stuff that works really well. I think the entire family is casted perfectly. Oh, Gary yeah. Cole is Mike Brady. Holy shit! It is phenomenal. Uh, Shelly Long, so fucking good, so as Mike, good. Shelly Long as Carol, amazing as Bill just said. Uh, Christopher mm-hmm. Daniel Barnes as Greg Brady, who is also known famously as both Spider-Man and Prince Eric. So respect to Christopher, because I also am basically Spider-Man and Prince Eric. Mm-hmm. So I respect him. Uh, Christine Taylor, Marsha Brady. <laughs> the the to me. The lead of this film is Jennifer Elise Cox as Jan Brady. Holy shit, Jan in this film. Her descent into insanity and rage is gorgeous. Absolutely. At least one of my favorite cameos in the film, and RuPaul apparently plays the guy in council. Yes. Are you pregnant? No? Well, come back when you're pregnant. Come back when you're pregnant. Uh, Paulus <laughs> Peter the- Brady was great. You know, Bobby Brady was great. Cindy Brady was adorable. Alice yeah, was fa- fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, I've watched plenty of the show growing up on TV Land. Or not TV, but like Nick and Knight, all this stuff. But for me, like, feel, like everyone in these films are like my definitive versions of the, of these characters. Yes. Because I feel like everyone just nails it so fucking hard. Agreed. Um, and I grew up with the show before seeing the movie. And the movie's just, the casting was so fucking good. Um, yeah. A few of the characters that I really liked that weren't the Bradys, uh, I really liked Noreen a lot, who is the lesbian in love with Marsha. Oh yeah, I love that that whole. Plot I love line. that whole plot line, and also 
mad props because this was an early this was a mid 90s movie with a lesbian and her lesbianism was not played up as a joke at all except for her punching the dude better than another guy yeah, otherwise it was just like she yeah, likes Marsha who is not gay and then Noreen gets a girlfriend by the end of the film and like at no point is it played up as a gag just she is a lesbian yeah, it's it's played totally straight up. Yeah, and it's uh, great. Yeah, not for not for laugh. Not trying to make fun of her for a laugh. It's like not like she's some stereotype. Some butch. Like, yeah, some yeah. yeah. She's just this adorable girl who's you know in love with Marsha, and then mm-hmm. but gets her own lady by the end. Uh, I also um, Missy Dittmeyer. Uh, no, not uh, fucking no, not Dittmeyer. Uh, fucking ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Missy Dittmeyer. Yeah, the yeah, wife. Yeah, I'm yeah, an idiot. Like, yeah, uh, super hot. Yeah, as the drunk housewife. Uh, super hot, and really wanted to fuck kids, which was weird. Well, she, not like, not like the kid kids, she just wanted to drug, you know, fuck, not like, you know, just, it's like she wanted to fuck Bobby, she just wanted to fuck Peter and, and Greg. Yeah, just Peter and Greg. Uh, they're just, and, and, and Mike. All of them. And Mike, absolutely Mike. <laughs> One, everyone gets a hole! Let's do this. Uh, but she was great in the film. And, I don't remember the character's name, but the redhead punk chick. Um... <clears throat> Not Noreen. Uh, Donna? Maybe. Donna Leonard, played by Megan Ward. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, I think that was Okay, right. but, yeah. C- character names. Liked her, liked her character, and, you know, that's everything that I loved in when I was her age. Uh, I'm saying that because I assume she was a, not 18 at the time, and I don't want to... Yeah, she probably was. Okay, well then, fuck yeah, I'd fuck her. <laughs> she's born in 69, so yeah, she's dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was perfect for me then. Uh, if, 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 if I look at the right actress, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Um, Regardless, I really like your character. All of the original cast members make a cameo in this film. Uh, I think I want to say my favorite actually though is the original actor for Peter has a, has a super tiny cameo because apparently in the he, he was playing a coach that got cut. But basically, when Peter's getting bullied off screen, like the original actor's like, "Hey, screw with him and I'll kill you" or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. a, it's a super short bit, but man, it's my probably my favorite of them of the cameos. Yeah. For me personally. Uh, Florence Henderson's cameo is great just because Florence Henderson is still gorgeous. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's very true. As, as Grandma. Yeah. Who tells Jan, Jan to knock it off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, my biggest my biggest positive is Jan. And again, there's a lot of stuff... They do a lot with Jan's psychosis, and some of it doesn't work because they go too far with it. Like, the exorcist voice was kind of weird. That's the new Jan Brady. Yeah, that was weird, but... My my favorite parts of Jan is not the voices. It's when Marcia said something and it just cuts to Jan with just huge eyes of rage, saying absolutely <laughs> nothing. I laughed so hard every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mad props uh, to Jennifer Cox for <laughs> being so absolutely. angry and hating her absolutely. so much. Uh, other I got other fa- favorite bits from the film. Uh, I love when they go to the model tryouts and the the guy tells uh, Marcia just like. Breast augmentation, all that stuff, and she's like, "Cut my hair." Yeah, that's the problem. That that worked great. That's a good joke. I like even in this universe, Marsha is still like super popular. Yes, and everyone wants to bang her and everything. Yeah. Like even even though she's been transposed from a different decade, yeah, the, her general character, everything's still the same. Oh, one gag uh, that I thought worked really well was the uh, video camera on TVs in the store gag to recreate the uh, yeah. opening show. Yeah, on their Sears trip. Yeah, on their Sears trip. Hey, kids, let's go to Sears. And I love that that's where they could still get all of their out-of-date attire was <laughs> Sears. Probably. Um, that obviously, from that becomes the, the running gag is uh, Gary Cole. Uh, every design he has for his architectural firm is, like, his house. Yes. 
So it goes to like a gas station, no, like a quickie mart place, a gym, no, a quickie mart place, a, gym, a restaurant, and then like a Japanese gym that he sells it to. He he does sell it so. to the gym well though. Yeah, that's totally his best does. pitch. <laughs> Absolutely, want to get your home. <laughs> uh, Hard part of people getting going to the gym is getting out of their house. So let's make the gym a house. There you go. Uh, Jan's Afro wig is fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Davy Jones, the Davy Jones bit in this film. It's so great. So great. Because here you have this girl that's supposed to be a teenage girl. She's the president of the Davy Jones fan club. Yes. (laughs) He shows up to the dance. No one gives a shit except all the middle-aged teachers. All the teachers who are just getting wet for Davy Jones. Uh, Especially that sex ed teacher. Oh, yeah. That was just a really good Uh, Oh, my God. And even him, like... Reacting to like the band who are getting super into the song and everything, yeah. like rocking the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> and I guess with oh yeah, I like uh, the keyboard guy of the band being really into David Jones too. Like he's the only absolutely. one. <laughs> and with speaking of bands, I love Greg Brady in this so much. He's just so trying so hard, like with that guitar running around. I like when he gets on stage. Like this song is for a really groovy chick. Like all the women and like the crowd at the dance just like run, just leave. <laughs> oh Johnny Bravo, he'll never catch a break. Johnny Bravo. Uh, so what else got here? Oh yeah, so there is a Partridge Family reference. Yes. When the the bus drives by, so again, shared universe. I really appreciate that. Obviously, obviously, conveniently, there's a search for the stars contest. They go and perform. The panel of judges <laughs> <laughs> has Peter Tork, uh, uh, Mickey Delens, and Davy Jones as the judges. So they all win twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> Super funny bit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because also in that crowd, there's also they're in that crowd. There are like five people who are super into the radius. Yeah, like the two direct friends, and then like just three other people that legitimately like the kind of music, I guess. Oh yeah, it's so good. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then um, I don't know where I get this note. Who Eddie? <laughs> I wrote down a note for something. I don't remember what it's in reference to. Oh, Eddie, the carjacker. Oh yes, yeah, woo Eddie, yeah, because Eddie shows back. Yeah, car jacks. Yeah, Eddie shows back up. Yeah, it's a great callback. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we need a ride because our car's taken down. Then the cops show up and <laughs> they're back Eddie up. <laughs> I always remember the carjacking bit because I was like in the trailer on all the Paramount DVDs at the time for the movie. It's always like this is a carjacking. Jack, well, I don't need a Jack. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, James Avery. I uh, had a nice little bit. Had a small character in the film. Who is he again? Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. Uh, Gray Beard, bald head, in all of his roles. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Uncle Phil. Oh yeah, yeah, Uncle Phil. Sorry, <laughs> just Uncle Phil. I've been like, oh yeah, okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, he was in this. Had a small bit and worked out well. As a uh, again, maybe, maybe he, uh, maybe he is Uncle Phil. Maybe, maybe this movie is also shared universe with Fresh Prince. This is right before you know, Will showed up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, is there any other positive you want to get into? You know, I, I think I've been glowing pretty heavily on the film. I mean, I like it a lot. Um, I, 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 find, I know it. I, I, uh, sorry, I agree that there are faults to it. So we can get into that like, if you want to go into like what you didn't like about the film. I mean, the main th- I mean, there's not really anything specific that doesn't work for me. It's just the fact that I just feel the joke, the entire idea joke of pick up the 70s family, draw them in the 90s just didn't work for me. That's literally all it comes down to. I didn't think it was that funny. I thought a lot of that sort of humor didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just that. That's it. There's nothing outright negative about the film. Just subjective opinion. The humor did not play to my fiddle. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty hard joke to carry out for the ninety minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. That's probably the only problem. Like it, it it's just 
that. You know, and obviously there's lots of little bits, little pieces that kind of make up like little sections of the film with a general over over overarching plot. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, if you dig it, you're gonna dig it, and I I dig it. I mean, I, I it's not a movie I can watch a lot. Like every you know every maybe five seven years or whatever like that, I'm gonna pop it in and like it again. Mm-hmm. But the Several pieces are better than the whole, I, I think, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of great scenes, but the movie is not great for me. Sure, sure, sure. Hey, another film by a female director. Betty Thomas directed this, so we got a two for today. Yeah. I just noticed, so... Yeah, so, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I think we hit it. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing to hit on. I don't know if there's any other super negatives. Not really. Again, like, there's nothing... Because I, I think the acting is good. I think everything... I think execution is fine. It's just a matter of how they executed it. Yeah. It's how they executed it, and if the execution works for you. It did not work for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I, I can't remember... I, 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 with this, it's been forever since I've seen a very Brady sequel, so we'll have... Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to that someday to see how... TV movie changes. sequels... No, no, very Brady sequel was a theatrical. Um, there, the TV movie I think was like some thing that came out recently. Oh no, I mean like so. Adam's Family Values versus Very Brady oh, sequel. Oh, there you go, TV movie sequel. Sorry, I thought <laughs> it, that it was a TV. Movie. No, no, like, no, 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 totally. That's right on, right on. I can tell you to do that. There you go, guys. Sneak peek at what's coming up. Uh, so star ratings. I gave the very. Uh, I'm sorry, the Brady Bunch movie three and a half out of five stars. I give it three. Well, it's it's are, a right? solid film. Just it it didn't really catch me. You know, it made me laugh a few times, but it wasn't. It I didn't have as much fun with it as, for example, Beverly Hillbillies, which worked for me completely. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going in that with Dietrich Bader and Jim Varney, especially Jim Varney because we're huge marks for Jim Varney. Total fucking Jim Varney. We are skirts for you. Like we we are just anything you want. Anything, Jim. You want to you you dump some crisp, cool Mellow Yeller in my mouth? Go for it. <laughs> Please give me the Mellow Yeller all over. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I think I'll be uh, wrap it up for this week's uh, TV movie discussion. I'm, trust me, there's always plenty more to talk about, so we'll come back to this topic in the future sometime. But for the moment being, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us at moviefilmsofbillandsteve at gmail.com. You can find us on our Tumblr, moviefilmsofbillandsteve.tumblr.com. There's also a Facebook where you can just look up moviefilmsofbillandsteve. We're also on iTunes, moviefilmsofbillandsteve. I keep saying that. Never going to change. Uh, get on there, subscribe, check out the show. It's good times. Um, this last week, uh, Steve interviewed A. Michael Baldwin and Andre Goer. In a couple weeks before that, we had an uh, Gar- interview of Garrett Hunter, Mega 64 fame. All very good interviews. Uh, check them out spread the word on those because everyone wants to hear what Andre Gore has to say because he's actually a really cool dude from that interview. He's a really cool guy. I'm glad you actually got to listen and enjoy the interview. Yeah, he was he was a super cool guy to talk to and it, it sounds like, like a guy who was a child actor that, you know, turned out a-okay. Perfectly okay, yeah. Might not have one of those careers where it's like, I made billions of dollars, but he didn't turn out to be a fuckhead. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's all you can ask for. And then if you want the uh, more personal Lovable Bill experience, you can find me on Twitter at Bill. Lovable Bill. I can never say that right. I picked the worst fucking screen name ten years ago. <laughs> and you can always check out my films, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms, www.silverspotlightfilms.com, and you can email me directly, darkmullet at gmail.com, and you can find me on Facebook, add me, look at my pictures, shoot me a message, comment, give me a like, subscribe. Subscribe to my Facebook. Absolutely. <laughs> and as always, guys, I've been Bill. And I've been Steve. And as a wise man once said, wherever you go, there you are. It's true. Your father's right, kids. <laughs>